Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Daniel from Long Island Fitness and Training in Long Island, New York. What's up, Daniel? How are you today? Good. How are you, Bree? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Thank you. So, absolutely. All right. So let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own facility? What started this whole thing? Um, I was uh, a soccer player growing up in, in uh, college. I won the national championship at uh, St. John's and I played a professionally briefly in, in Portugal in the MLS. And when I came back, I was just training people and it came from training like the goalkeepers in soccer to, Oh, can you train my son at the gym to, Hey, can you train me in the gym? And it just kind of snowballed into, you know, just started to train everybody. And when, uh, when, when I first became a trainer in, uh, in one of the facilities out here, I became the fitness director within the first six months. And so after that, um, things just kind of started, you know, evolving with, with, with my training and, and, and how to facilitate everything to, to kind of go off on my own. And one of the biggest things that uh, I found was that, especially one of these bigger box gyms, was that everyone was paying $300 a month or 400 or 200 whatever it was, but they would only come when they trained with a trainer. So mm-hmm. I, I, I asked them basically, would you come, would you take that $300 a month and turn it into training if we got rid of the gym model and just come to a, a training facility and use that money and come three times a week or four times a week or five times or twice or whatever it was. And everyone seemed to like the idea. And, and that's how this kind of, you know, morphed into, into my own facility. Okay. So you are personal training only correct personal training packages only is that how you kind of structure things right we're we're a package-based uh training facility um so we uh we we have packages that you know range from everyone um you know every athlete from small to to once a week to people that come here all the time okay all right so uh as far as the business model goes itself so personal training only do you do any type of groups or semi-privates or uh open memberships anything of that nature no open memberships we'll do a lot of uh smaller group um or half team or sometimes full team training um because of the usage of the court sometimes we'll have teams that come in an hour before they'll train and they'll go in the court and then they'll train and then you know we'll just kind of mimic that uh going forward and then from that also leads us to to the smaller group of one-on-one training where we can't, you know, accommodate, you know, five teams in a place, um, smaller groups will break up into it or, you know, we'll, we'll cover it from that aspect. Okay. All right. And how many clients or members are you currently serving at the facility? We probably see uh, between, you know, d- depending on vacations and injuries and sicknesses and blah, blah, blah. We, we probably see about 200 to 300 uh, a week. Wow. Okay, quite a few sessions. And then, so you also own some other facilities within the area, correct? And those are right. residential gyms? 
Correct. So in in Long Island, uh, one of the new things here is opening up these uh, beautiful home complexes for over 55 or these communities or whatever it is um, that have these huge clubhouses. And these huge clubhouses are have full scale gyms so that people don't have to leave their their residential complexes. Um, somewhat you see a lot of it in Florida. That's where I think the idea um, uh, came from. And so one of the guys that was the uh, builders who I was training thought of this idea would be great if we could do both, you know, especially there, have a package-based, you know, training area, have a, have staff on, on site for people that don't need, but then offer personal training. And mm-hmm. that kind of just started rolling. And uh, we're, so now we're in two currently. We're set to hopefully have another one in September. And uh, it's a great little model. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so that's something that residents pay separately for. So it kind of works very similar to a normal gym membership. It's just on site essentially. Right. They have, like they get part of their HOA fees. Ah, got it. Okay. So that's what basically runs the gym. And then we control everything inside of the gym uh, from there in terms of personal training, in terms of classes, in terms of, you know, any uh, aerobic type of classes or anything like that. Right. Small, small group training, one-on-one, whatever. Yeah. From, from a business standpoint, I mean, if they're contributing part of their HOA to that, then I'm sure that that covers expenses for you. So, right. That covers basically the functionality of the gym in in its own. And then everything else is, you know, personal training, which at every gym, that's where they, a lot of people make their money in in the gym world. As you know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so now as far as acquiring new clients goes for the main facility, are you doing any type of, well, first of all, are you looking to acquire new clients? Are we kind of looking to grow right now? Are we good where we are? Uh, if you are looking to grow, what are you doing to get the word out there about what it is that you do? Uh, you know, knock on wood, we've, we've actually had a great uh, retention rate with all of our uh, current clientele, um, some of which have been training for, for upwards of 15 to 17 years um, that have gone through a, the entire thing. So we have a great word of mouth. Uh, what makes us a little bit separate is that in our main facility here, we also have physical therapy and we have a, another company called Futsal 516, which is a European-based soccer game. But from that, we also have basketball. It's basically a multi-sport court, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so we are, are uh, our, our vision to people. We come in, I mean, they rent over the winter months from three o'clock until probably 11 or 12 at night every single day. And then on the weekends from 7.30 in the morning till 10 or 11 at night, we have games, tournaments and whatnot. So just from people seeing you know, hey, what's going on? The other gym. Oh, hey, can my kid? Or can I train while my kid is practicing? Can so we actually have a nice little niche of uh, of the back and forth with uh, with our clientele or and and or new clientele. I'm right. uh, I'm not a big social media guy. I know uh, some people. I don't have a Facebook page. I don't have my own Instagram. We have it for the business, but I'm not. I think uh, I think social media is the devil, so to speak. But I understand it's part of business right now. Um, right. But so far, we haven't really been a part of that or needed it or used it um, at mm-hmm. this point. So, you know, word of mouth is what gets us going. Yeah, absolutely. And then so as far as the retention rate, that's fantastic that you've had so many people training with you for such a long period of time. What do you think is one of the main factors that really 
plays into having a high retention rate? Uh, well, we cater to the client as best we can because they're basically only here, only here for us. So mm -hmm. some people, you know, whether we're, we're, we're very lenient on uh, a cancel policy and, you know, some gyms, you know, they say the 24 hour and we have the 24 hour and, and we'll honor that if someone takes advantage of it. Uh, but for the most part, we understand like, listen, I get sick. I have kids, you have kids, you get sick, you know, things, mm -hmm. things come up in life. So we're, we're, we're very accommodating towards that. Um, we're also very uh, accommodating towards people's schedules um, mm -hmm. and whether every trainer here has a key. So we do not have a set number of hours. So if somebody wants to come in at 5 a.m., someone wants to come in at 2 o'clock in the morning, someone wants to come in at 11, you know, we, we have that for them. Right. Okay. So any time is fair game. That's cool. Correct. Um, all right. And then so now within your sales process and actually getting – people signed up for personal training packages. I'm guessing because you are very sports specific that you kind of take them through a diagnostic process when they come in. So kind of walk us through what that looks like when somebody is interested in training. Are they coming in for a consultation? Are you kind of taking them through a diagnostic process? What does that look like? Uh, it depends, obviously, on the client and whether athlete or, or mom and dad type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, usually, we uh, it, it's more of an injury-based uh, assessment, um, current injuries, prior injuries of that. We have them screened usually, if we can, by, by our PT here. If not, then we have our trainer basically screen them. It's somewhat of a workout um, of, of a minor level. And where we're noticing muscular imbalances, uh, we're, 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 we're trying to decipher apart from the normal goals of I want to get stronger. I want to lose weight, you know, that we try to figure out what, uh, if there are any ailments, if there are any things that we need to work on coming from another training facility, coming from another person where they developed, you know, the, the, like I said, the muscular imbalances is one of our biggest things. the tightnesses in the, in the hips and the ankle, the mobilities, um, a lot of that we'll, we'll just basically go through and we'll be, we'll be able to see that through video or through them walking, running, you know, simple squats, you know, things of that right. nature. Oh, oh, my shoulder hurts when I do this. Or, you know, I, I just came off of shoulder surgery or a knee surgery or whatever, you know, that, that person brings mm -hmm. to the table. We try to figure out what's the best way to attack, you know, the, those deficiencies. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's a very personalized approach. And that also feeds into the, the retention aspect as well. It's not just a one size fits all program. It's more tailored to specific needs. Correct. And the fact that we have physical therapy in house makes it mm -hmm. a little bit more. None of us will, will pretend we know something we do not. So if it's right. something that we're like, you know what, uh, this, I don't understand why this is going on with your quad or your whatever. We'll just call him the physical therapy. We'll have him give him a little bit more of an assessment and say, hey, you know what? you know, a little of this or a little of that and whatever it is, you know, and, and we go mm -hmm. from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, so now what are your main focuses within the business for the remainder of this year into next year? Where are you directing most of your attention within the business right now? So we literally changed the flooring in the, uh, in the futsal on the court area today to, uh, mm -hmm. or this week, I should say, to incorporate a lot more basketball. When normally okay. our foot, our futsal, we have sold out and actually rented three or four other facilities to handle our overflow. 
but wow. that no, November till March, you know, we're sold out. If you have an indoor facility in the winter in New York, in Long Island, if you can't sell out, you know, you're doing something wrong. But the problem is from that April to the other November, what's the programming? What do, how do we do this? So right. I was I was looking for guys that are similar to me and and uh, growing, and so we've uh, now quote unquote partnered with a, a couple of basketball companies that would be coming in that uh, again because of COVID are, are have limited gym space or they get kicked out or the expenses are going up. So we're basically saying, hey, listen, we can handle all of your training, we can handle all of your uh, assessments for, for for PT, all of your injuries. Um, our mm-hmm. physical therapy actually overlooks the court so that if, if, if a kid does is, if a kid is hurt on a certain team and this team is here practicing or working out, he could be in here watching while getting treatment. So okay. it kind of gives them a little bit more of a familial feel to the team than, than, Hey, listen, right. go some other place, 45 minutes away and get treated. So, right. uh, so with this basketball going forward, we're now hoping to do, we're actually going to be opening up next door, uh, more of a basketball laboratory so to speak and the basketball laboratory is going to have four or five hoops all over the place and then a smaller scale gym where we'll be able to do after practice team uh, kids train or they go back Mm -hmm. to practices more individual individualized or you know small group team oriented stuff right okay and that's awesome that you're able to keep multiple things under the same roof as far it's, as it's, the, it's also very good for parents too, because what mom doesn't like to drop yeah. off their kid for, for, for three hours instead of just like one and they have to drive them to here and they have to drive them to there, yes. they, you know, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. Super convenient and good for business too, to keep everything under one roof, provide different streams of revenue for the business under the same roof. So that's always good. Um, speaking of other streams of revenue, do you also offer any type of nutrition coaching or accountability coaching more so on like the general fitness side of things uh it sounds like you have mostly athletes but on the general side of things do you do any type of um nutrition accountability coaching things like that as well or uh again i'm 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 a big proponent of of uh doing what you know and yeah. I, I, as although all the trainers here have a, you know, basic knowledge of nutrition, I do, they do, and we all diet and we all do certain things or whatever. Um, we do not have an in-house nutritionist. We do not. So if, if we're not going to have someone come and sit in a meeting just on, on nutrition or, or something like that, I think that's something that's okay. better, better value to, to, to that specific profession. Right. Okay. All right. So now. Are there any, this is something that I love to ask every gym owner that I speak with, uh, are there any either key challenges or bottlenecks that you're facing within the business right now? And if so, what are you doing to overcome those? I mean, like any trainer, gym owner, whatever, I mean, hours are, are, yeah. are, are, are the biggest thing and, and, and the, the, tra- the trainer fatigue, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. where, you know, you go, as you know, you have a client at, at five in the morning or six o'clock in the morning. Is that client going to get more or less or equal the, uh, motivation than the client you have at four o'clock in the afternoon after, you know, a seven hour day, eight hour day, 10 hour day, 12 hour day. Um, right. so it's one of those where as much as the trainers want to work, you try not to overwork them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in the same port, you don't want to over overwork yourself because you want to grow the business. And I right. think part of my uh, biggest deterrent in, in youth uh, it was 
overworking myself thinking I could do everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, hence maybe, maybe the social media, all my younger trainers, they all yell at me all the time that we're, you know, we should be posting and doing stuff. I don't even know the name of it. I posting and inter school gramming and whatever it is, <laughs> you know, they're all yelling. At me. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And they're, and they're always yelling at me. So uh, like a lot of any gym guy will tell you, they'll have their, you know, inhibitions to do things and they all have the limitations. And I kind of understand mine a little bit. And uh, in which case I let, I'll let my trainers come to me with some of the ideas that they have. And if it's an idea that's, that's, Hey, uh, Donnie, if we do this, 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 you know, I'll even give them more of a, of, of a share if, uh, if it's something that can benefit them and the business. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point there. Being open to, uh, input from trainers and being willing to compensate them a little bit extra, you know, in, in certain areas or cases, um, a lot of gym owners really struggle with getting trainers bought in and keeping them on board. So have you had the trainers that you have at your facility? Have you had them for quite a long time? We have, um, we also also offer a 401k here. Um, we, uh, it's, everything here is a very big turnkey area where the guys come in, they, you know, they have their food in the fridge. We have, you know, office TV and, they have place to eat and the whole thing and they train. Um, we try to keep, I mean, listen, it's, it's a transient business for, for a lot of trainers um, yes. to be a full-time trainer is, is very difficult and, and to have, and, and to retain these guys that are full-time trainers are difficult because then they want to go off on their own. Um, right. So, so to have a guy who's a bartender or a teacher and a trainer, you know, yes. Mm-hmm. And then you're limited to the hours. Um, the other thing with COVID, which I noticed, which I wasn't very happy, is that every trainer and their brother and sister now have incorporated themselves and can say that now they have their own business. And right. with that, they say, oh, well, instead of going to the gym to train, I'm going to go to the field. I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to do this because the people felt more comfortable. So now it kind of it, it took the trainer out of the gym and whether they cut a deal and they got a few more dollars doing it at the field or the house or, or whatever, now they feel empowered. Oh, I could do this on my own. But, you know, as a circle of life, it comes back. Well, they're eventually they're going to be, what else do I do? I need more of a facility. And then they come back, you know, so right. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the COVID thing really hit uh, a lot of different aspects of the trainer. Um, and, and a lot of these guys come back, oh, I just want to rent now. Or, you know, I'll give you a piece of every session. And, you know, we, we try not to do that. I had two guys that, that we've rented, not to get off topic, but two guys that rented That's since it. I opened and that have still been here with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we, we try to eliminate any of that. And uh, it's caused some friction between, you know, myself and some of the trainers. I'm sure that every gym owner has gone through in the last two years. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to kind of find a, a balance there because if they're not hundred percent bought in or they're not hundred percent committed rather to the facility itself, it becomes really hard to rely on them and then also build anything with them or around them, you know, if they're not really going to be there. And so many gym owners find the turnover rate with trainers to be so high, you know, myself included, it was like, I was already, I was always training somebody because it's like somebody would come in, they would get trained, they would stay for a few months and then they would go. Um, and, you know, eventually I, we got into a position where we were offering full benefits and 401k and sometimes that didn't even matter. And it's like, 
because like you said, everybody kind of wants to go do it on their own until they realize maybe it wasn't so great. You know, grass isn't always greener on the other side. So they no, tend to man, that's right. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. So now another thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own gym, besides don't do it. Uh, what would that be? <laughs> uh, learn how to function on very little sleep. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and learn how to nap. Mm -hmm. um, I, again, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. And, and it, it, you know, like with uh, some of the guys that, I, like I've said, rent from here, um, they do very well. You know, they come in, yeah. they come out, and they, and you know, they have nothing to worry about, so to speak. And they, and they, it's it's great for them. Um, but the 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 guy that has to go and and deal with the the, the clogged toilets or the or or the theft of the towels or what are all these little my the, the minutia of of owning a place is is what mm -hmm. really you know gets your hair gray and uh right. i i think people overlook that the most you know everything everyone thinks it's oh you have your own hours you can do this you can do that not really because if if i'm on my own hours and something happens my own hours are not there anymore so yeah it's uh you, you really have to have a passion for what you do and you have to have a passion for people and and to be able to eat a lot because a lot of i don't mean eat food Yes. <laughs> I mean, the fact is everyone's going to have an issue and, and how you are with someone's mom or how you are with someone's uh, sister or brother that has a problem or, or, you know, why didn't my kid make the team? He's been training here for six months or, you know, I've been working out for two weeks. I haven't lost 37 pounds. You know, yeah, you have to be right. able to, to, to deal with that. So and, and yes. if you're if you're not thick skinned and so to speak, it, you know, those people run away faster and they're the ones who are going to sit there and, and, and destroy your business as best as they can on any social media platform that, that mm -hmm. I don't even know about. So. Right. Yeah. That's a big, uh, kind of a negative side of social media, you know, and everybody being so accessible these days is right. that aspect, but yeah, definitely having a thick skin, being able to manage your state, um, right. and, and be able to deal with those things definitely a good piece of advice there. And then I always say to, to trainers to learn how to sell yourself, you know, because nobody wants to focus on sales or, or selling themselves. But if you can't acquire clients on your own, then, you know, you don't have a business. So that's right. Very or, or retain the ones that we give you, you know, that, Hey, right. listen, I have a, I have a two o'clock coming in. It's a, you know, post-op hockey player who needs this and that. And, the mother comes in, if the guy's on his phone, he's sitting there, he's not saying, the mother's going to turn around and be like, all right, I don't need this, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. People skills are, are a big aspect of it. It's a very, it's a multifaceted job. You know, you have to be aware, you have to be a people person, you have to know how to deal with people. And then on, on top of it, the, the training side that comes with it, but it's more than just the training side. It's more than just the knowledge of fitness. Um, there's, there's so much more to it. And I think that that often gets overlooked. So, right. I mean, one of the biggest things that I even tell either new trainers or, or, or have conversations with regular trainers is you're, you're a shrink. People come in here yeah. and they're going to they tell you about your problems every single day. So no matter what's going on in your life, good, bad, and different, people are just going to dump whatever that's going on in their life to you. So yep. it's sometimes, you know, after hearing you're working for eight hours and you're hearing someone's problems every single hour and, and, and 
mommy was mean to me and my husband's a jerk and my wife's are this and you know, all yeah. day long it gets you know it gets tiresome yes yes absolutely yep that's definitely a big part of it uh being the therapist as well as the trainer so all right so now i know you're not a big social media guy but where can the listeners find the business anyway on social media uh we're at uh, long island fitness and training um on uh, on instagram uh at futsal 516 on instagram we are uh same thing futsal 516 and and long island fitness and training on uh facebook and uh everything else is uh lifthealthy.com and futsal 516.com are our website all right perfect all right so daniel from long island fitness and training in long island new york thank you so much for taking the time to join us today it's been great having you on the show I appreciate everything. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Phil Harrington of Rusty Barbell Strength and Conditioning, coming from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Phil, what's going on, man? How are you today? Not much. Uh, you know, just hanging out, trying to trying to uh, make it through this cloudy day. <laughs> I don't know what Michigan looks like today, but New York is very much the same. Uh, I think this whole upper part of the country is is in a weird time of the year right now. But anyway, Phil, we're here to talk Rusty Barbell. I want to hear the ins and the outs, know everything there is to know, and, and pick your brain on a couple of things along the way. Before we get into the strategy and the tactics side of this, I want to hear a little bit about how we got here in the first place. I think context is important for everything that we do. Talk to us about how and why you started this gym way back? So uh, the gym actually, you know, it was actually started out of need. Um, I was doing personal training at another facility during the days and then in the afternoon slash evening hours, I was the uh, strength conditioning coach at a local high school. Um, I was doing, I did that for about two years and it got to the point where, um, you know, just the school was a bunch of politics. Um, couldn't really get new equipment and stuff in there. I'd offered to do fundraising myself and they just weren't on board with the direction that I was going. So I stepped away from that position. Yeah. Um, when I stepped away from that position, I had probably 15, 20 athletes that still wanted to train with me. Um, and so right there I knew, you know, I was like, I haven't, there's a need for it. Um, so I went and found a, uh, 1,000 square foot unit. I took all, uh, when we opened that up, all of my personal training clients came from the other facility to um, our unit. And then that would have been, that was 
February 1st of 2019 when we opened doors there. And then um, not even a year later, it was what, no, it was November 10th of 2019. We actually moved two, unit, two units down to a 3,000 square foot facility. So, okay. so a couple of evolutions along the way, right? Oh, oh yeah. So we definitely, you know, um, we bumped there. The reason why we bumped was um, we just outgrew it. I had individual athletes and then baseball coach from that team, from that school said, Hey, look, we don't have anybody yet to replace you. You're good with the athletes. They like you. And so they sent the baseball team to me. So now we have 15 guys trying to train in a 1000 square foot facility, which getting yeah, yeah, really gets tight. Tight. So we lasted about three weeks there before the transition to the bigger facility happened and it just took off. Um, you know, I'm actually thankful that we moved when we did because that was November, was that like three months before the COVID, three, four months before the COVID shutdown. Right. And if we had been in that 1,000 square foot unit, we would not have made it. Yeah. So there's not enough revenue coming in. So, yeah. And so, uh, an aligning of the stars, if you will, but here we are, right? We've made it through a pandemic somehow or another. Must be doing something right, Phil. Clearly, we're still here. Talk to us about the the meat and potatoes. What's the service that we provide to people? You've said athletes a couple of times. Is this more in the youth side of things, or do we have some semblance of Gen Pop in there as well? So, I mean, there's there's we have everything in there. We have personal training in there. Um, personal training, a shoot, I think our oldest one, the oldest one we've had in there was 75. I think our current oldest member for personal training is age 70. We have high school, college athletes. Um, we just started, we have a um, AAU track team that just started. So we do have some um, some youth track athletes coming in now. And then we also have um, powerlifting and strongman athletes along with our adult strength and conditioning. So it's pretty much everything. Um, we also offer the uh, remote aspect as well. If somebody can't train with us, we do that remote programming. But so, yeah, we have, you know, we have irons in every fire out there. Yeah. So a number of different components to this. When you talk about the direction that you guys are looking to grow, is this sort of 360 degrees and expand on all that we're doing? Or do you think that there's more opportunity in one of those services than others? So, you know, ultimately when this, when, when this opened, it was with the athlete in mind. Um, now, you know, I'm not, I'm not stupid. I understand that athletes come and go, but the adults, they're the ones that really pay the bills. They're the ones that you have the longevity on. Um, so we had, when we started out in a thousand square foot unit, we had more adults than we did athletes, but as it's transitioned, um, we actually have now more of the college or more of the college and high school athlete, personal training, powerlifting style. Then we are the, I think our adult group is down to like 20 members now. Um, that's actually the biggest area. I mean, that's the hardest area to try to market because it's such a, you know, people are kind of intimidated, I guess, by the, by the gym setting. Um, I mean, how many, you know, how many middle-aged adults like to walk into a gym with, with loud music and bands and chains and just metal clanging around? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a hurdle. That's certainly yeah. good. Yeah. So it's definitely, you know, it's definitely pushed more for, I guess you'd say the, the strength athlete or athlete in general, 
than it is the, you know, the, the adult strength conditioning aspect. Yeah. And so somewhat organically it's shifted from gen pop to more athletics. And you mentioned having, having a little bit of difficulty in the marketing to the gen pop client, the Mr. And Mrs. Jones, just looking to feel a little bit better, move a little bit better and, and look a little bit better. What is the the marketing strategy? How have you found at least the 20 people that you have? What's been the best way for you to get that type of client in? A lot of it's word of mouth. Um, so we have we have uh, personal training clients that have transitioned into the adult group. We have the some of the adult members, they bring in their friends, family. Um, and that's pretty much it is just word of mouth in that aspect. Um, it's a lot easier for me to push the athlete side of things because I mean the athletes they have sporting events right so I go to the sporting events I see you know I see little Johnny play I see with his parents he does he performs well and now his you know his parents are saying hey look my son trains with this guy here now I'm getting other people from the team because they want their kids to perform well so now I have more kids from that team coming in Whereas with the once, you know, going back to the adults now, there's no, like, how do I go out to the adult setting and say, hey, look, this is how you're going to perform, right? They have to, they're there just for general fitness to get better. So a lot of it's realistically right now for us, a lot of it's just word of mouth. Yeah. Word of mouth. I mean, especially word of mouth in something a little bit more specialized like this. It's, it's obviously, it's not like a, rah rah boot camp kind of thing it's it's a little bit more niched than that and so the people that are interested in it likely know other people that are interested in it right they they yep. their friends their family their coworkers, whoever it may be they share it word of mouth is a natural extension of the business for you to grow beyond where you are do you think that you'll lean into any sort of more formalized marketing strategy down the road or will you just stick with that word of mouth no um everything for i mean for the most part everything for us is um i like the organic aspect honestly i think the ones you get through word of mouth are the ones that are going to come and stay long term Uh, i've you know i've spent some money doing social media ads you know your facebooks your instagrams um and and that aspect and the people we get from that typically stay for a month, maybe two months, and then they're out. Um, It's not for me. It's not really worth the money or the time to try to push that marketing when I can, you know, just go at a slower pace and organically pick up those people that are going to be there more long term. I think that's a really, really important point. And when we talk about any kind of marketing, word of mouth is part of marketing, but any kind of marketing, good marketing should repel people that don't belong just as much as it should attract people that do belong and with this being the nature that it is it's tough to to find that market on social media right social media marketing putting any kind of money behind facebook instagram whatever platform of choice it's a skill and people dedicate entire careers to this oh yeah so for us a lot of the gym industry coming from a background of training or coaching and not intricate marketing strategies that's a really really challenging thing and to your point all i see is money going out of my pocket and not a lot coming back in it's kind of a jaded feeling do you know what i mean 
Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's like, why am I going to dump, you know, $300 a month into this and then potentially get one person. Um, we have, let me see, Ann Arbor's, we're sitting about a hundred thousand people here. I do a, you know, if I do a, a let's say I do a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad, I might a hundred thousand people. I might hit, and let's say it hits, you know, 50,000 people out of those 50,000 people now who's realistically interested in training and out of that group, who's actually going to come to the gym. Right. Yeah. If I get, if I get one person, it's going to take me at 300, you know, it'll take me a month and a half realistically to pay for that one person from that ad money. So, yeah, I think it, it, it circles back to ROI, right? If I know I'm sending money out, I need to at least bring that much back in, hopefully more. So I just spent, you know, I just spent all this time along with, you know, along with the money just to essentially break even for somebody to come train for two months and then leave. Yeah. Fair point. Um, Phil, take us to the next step, right? Marketing is marketing. Leads are leads. All of this interest is wonderful. But until somebody converts from a lead to a paying client, it doesn't really mean much in the end. What's that process like? I mean, we call it the sales process, but what happens between somebody expressing interest and somebody signing up as a paying client? So we offer, um, for, all our, for all of our semi-private group stuff, we offer uh, first week free. Um, just because it is a different environment, um, we do like to um, encourage people to push as hard as they can. Um, it's a different, it's a really different atmosphere. And so we offer the first week free just because I know it's transition of money and doing refunds. It's too sticky. Um, I don't, I, I don't like offering that stuff. So I like to, you know, I just throw it out there first week free. It doesn't take us take, I don't have to program any extra for them. The program's already set. They're just joining it, joining in on a group and doing a program that's already programmed. So it's no, it's no extra on my end, except for maybe a little bit of extra pro, uh, coaching. Yeah. Um, We'll scale up and down from whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if it's if somebody that's training age of zero, I, you know, I might have to go through and, and instead of doing box squats, I'm going to have to pull them off the side and actually walk them through how to do a squat, maybe get them on a you know, light kettlebell goblet squat, um, something of that nature. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what, after the end of that first free week, then we'll talk, you know, talk the money, prorate that month. If it's mid-month, they're only going to pay half for that first month. Um, we collect uh, no contracts with us. We collect at the start of each month. Okay. Um, so they, they pretty simple, through. right? Yeah, and, very and... simple. Um, with our personal training, first session is free. Um, they come in essentially. It's an assessment. Do the assessment. Talk goals. See what we, see what they need to work on. You know, get familiar with um, our head personal trainer. So, got it. Okay. And so from that point, tell them their options. Hey. Option A, X, Y, and Z amount. Option B, X, Y, and Z amount. Is that what's, is, and we sit down yeah. and kind of go over everything? Yeah. So, um, you know, we have for the, for the semi private group, um, let's say, let's talk about the adults, right? So, the semi private group options, um, there's, we don't have really, it's all, it's four day a week options. Um, it's set up, it's developed to go four days a week. And you can go, um, our price is 175 a month, four days a week. Um, if they want to do a personalized program, then we're going to charge them 225 a month. They're still training in that same time that everybody else is, but now they have a program tailored just for them. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, those are the, really the two options for them. So, you know, it's, we'll talk about training options. And then, like I said, it comes down to the money. If, 
you know, if it's mid month, charge them halfway, you know, charge them half amount and then move on. So, yeah. And so, I mean, if they're, if they're coming the four days a week, a little more than 10 bucks a session, this is probably quite low compared to other sort of oh, semi privates. Have you guys considered bumping that up or is that something um, to stick with? So with the, with the adult, um, with the adult group, I think we're going to stay there. Um, we based it on, I looked at uh, some, uh, some CrossFit gyms that are around our area. And so, you know, they're, they're charging the 175 range per month. Um, so I figured, you know, that's probably where, you know, that's probably a good number for us to sit at. Um, so we can be somewhat competitive with them, even though we don't, you know, we do very, it doesn't seem quite like a apples to apples comparison. Yes. It's not really. No, we're more of a, um, we run like a linear, we, we, we run in waves for our programming. It's either, either it's going to be a conjugate base with bands and chains, or it's going to be a linear base, depending on where they're at in the cycle. Um, as far as training age as well. So, I mean, it's not CrossFit at all. It's farthest thing probably yeah. from CrossFit. And, and CrossFit but, is more sort of larger group. We see yeah, upwards yeah. of 20 people with some regularity. So this is, but, this sounds like a little bit smaller of a scale. I think you mentioned what, seven, eight, yeah, so average adult group, probably average, probably seven, eight people. Yeah, sometimes we get ten to twelve. Sometimes it's like three to four people. Yeah. So, um, so in terms of the value of what they're getting, far more than one hundred and seventy-five dollars worth. If people were paying for a true semi-private, we'll see three, four, or five hundred a month. Oh yeah. Not even yeah. blink an eye at it. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah now on the athlete side. Um, we, I would like to. We were sitting at two twenty five a month for the for the athlete programming. Um, when COVID happened, I dropped that down to one fifty a month, just because a lot of families were hit hard by COVID. Um, we're slowly working our way. We're up. We're we're at one seventy five right now. We're gonna slowly make a transition back to that two twenty five a month price range, just because. I take, it, it takes me a little bit longer programming for them. We do a little bit more advanced stuff on the athlete side. We're testing verticals and, and doing a lot more stuff in an hour and a half session versus the adults hour session. Sure. So, okay. So more time investment on your end, obviously it's going oh, yeah. to be a higher price. And I mean, this whole conversation, Phil, has been around growth of a business and, and how we take ourselves from A to B. What's that be for you? What's the kind of direction that we're trending in moving forward? Influence, impact, relationships. I mean, that's, you know, that's probably the biggest thing that keeps a lot of people coming back to the gym is, you know, is the, the community aspect. Um, being able to come in, I, shoot, I'm, I pretty much live there. Um, people come in and, and you, and it's weird when I'm not there because they'll come in and they'll go, oh, where's Phil at, you know, and and so um, the big thing is that community, that relationship there. Um, and honestly, probably the end goal is to influence as many people as we can or have some sort of impact on as many people as we can um, for as long as we're here. So, yeah. And, and that's really on both sides of the service that you provide, right? On the youth athletics, obviously oh. an incredibly impactful thing to do, but gen pop people need that just as much. Oh yeah, I have. So one of our, one, I have uh, 
two personal training clients I deal with were actually with me before we opened. Um, and they're still with me during personal training. And then we have, um, I had another personal training client that actually transitioned to the adult groups when we moved and actually opened up this facility. So, I mean, that's, you're looking pre 2019. So they've been with us for a couple of years now. So, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's always fascinating when I have, when I ask that question and people say, I want to impact as many lives as possible. I want to really, really provide value. It's, it's an, it's a delicate balance because impacting as many lives as possible would lend ourselves to believe, how can I get as many members and clients as possible? But that's not, it's, it's sort of a duality, right? The more people we have, the less time we have to invest in each one. And so what's sort of that upper limit where I can still really hit hard on the things that I want to hit, but still impact as many people as we can, right? It's, it's such a, it's, a, and I'm sure it's an ever evolving thing for you. Yeah, it, it is, you know, that's a very good point. You know, um, we're in a position now where, you know, what baseball and track are in season right now. I only see them two days a week versus the four days in the, in the preseason and off season. Um, and then when they do come in, it's in the evenings after 6 p.m. So I have them. And then I also, you know, and they're overlapping some with the adult group. Um, and so it gets very busy in there, and, which is, I'm grateful for it. But at the same time, it's like I have, um, we have a women's hockey team that wants to start up next week. And it's like, you know, where do I put them in the schedule? Do I have time for them? Um, and I had a couple of baseball teams ask me if, if, you know, I could go to their facility and coach them at their facility. And at the end of the day, it's like, do I actually how can I make that work and still keep rusty barbell number one? Yeah. I have to make sure, you know, I have to make sure that I've taken care of everybody under my roof before I can venture out and try to take care of other, you know, other people. Um, and so, you know, that's a very, for me, it's a very fine line. I have to make sure that first and foremost, I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure the ship does not sink. Right. Um, take care of, take care of my own. And then once I have them taken care of, I can attempt to help everybody else outside of there. I think that's that's a hurdle that every single gym owner runs into at some point is your calendar gets full. Where do we invest our time from there, right? Is it bringing on staff to delegate some of those things so I can buy back some of my time? Is it really focusing in on just the things that I'm good at and doing those? There's any number of ways and, and the reason you open a business so you can make the rules yourself. And, and I think that's important to remember. We talk to gym owners all the time who just find themselves doing what other people tell them to do. And then 10 years down the line, they have a gym that they don't even like to train at. So yeah. it's, it's, it's important to keep that context in, in perspective. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So for me, I think um, ultimately I think that it would be to bring on, um, and we, I have an assistant coach that helps out in the mornings. Um, I think for me, it would be to bring on another coach that, um, and just make sure that the coaches understand what I'm, what we're expecting of to help build the community, help the coach on the coaching side. And then that would give me a chance to not be there as often, but I still need to make sure I'm there from time to time. So everybody sees the face. Yep. 
always important and, and important to keep these things all in a delicate balance, right? How do we focus on all of the balls in the air? How do we keep these things afloat with the time that we have? You know what I mean? And so, Phil, that's a pretty good place to start to wrap this whole thing up. Um, but before we sign out of here, I want to give you the chance to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about this. Is there is there a website? Is there social yeah. media? Where yeah, you so um, website, rustybarbellsc.com. Um, that has uh, all our contact in there. There's a, there's a um, contact page. If you put your stuff in there, it'll email me directly. Um, if you want, my email is rustybarbell.ph at gmail.com. Um, and then the, we also do have a phone number on the website as well. Um, and then the Instagram, rustybarbell underscore SC should be our Instagram handle, all lowercase rustybarbell underscore SC. Yep. Um, and there are Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram links from the website itself. So yep. connect, with, yeah. connect with Phil and the business on as many of the platforms as you like. Phil, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your perspective and, and your insight into Rusty Barbell and how you guys operate. I'll be excited to see what the future of this holds and where you end up taking it here down the road. So we'll have to check in with you down and see where things, things end up. Thanks for having me. I look forward to an update. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness arena, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic Tenney. I'm here with my guest, owner of 620 Fitness in Honey of Path, South Carolina, Matt Powell. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Ah, man. Thank you for taking some time and being on with us. Let's hop right into it. Tell us what 620 Fitness is all about. Yeah, so 620 Fitness is a community gym in our small town. Uh, we're a 24-hour gym. Uh, we are offering karate classes right now, um, and then uh, we're just slowly growing. All right, man. So we're going to get into everything that you all are doing there. 
in a few minutes. But before we can talk about where we are, let's let's talk about how we got there. Um, the gym has been around since uh, 2014, 2015. Um, give us a little bit of the background, how it got started, uh, what what the uh, the need was in the community, and then we'll talk about you and your wife taking over and go from there. Yeah. So uh, about 2015. Um, you know, we were pretty much driving 30 minutes one way uh, to the nearest gym. And we said, you know what, why don't we start a gym in our local town? Because uh, we really wanted to have a gym for the community. And we had a lot of support behind us said, saying, yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, so we got um, with uh, one of the local um, guys that owns a, one of the big, big buildings in the uh, town. And we said, hey, we'd love to open a gym. And uh, he was behind us. So uh, we uh, started getting equipment together. Um, we started getting pretty much home style treadmills, ellipticals, uh, uh, 80s type uh, <laughs> gym equipment, pretty much anything we could get. We got our hands on. And then we've just slowly uh, over the last eight years um, kind of built it what it is today when we've gotten uh, a little bit more funds. We've added new new equipment, new floors, uh, new dumbbells, uh, new treadmills, new ellipticals, recumbent bikes, all that good stuff. So it really started off as a, a kind of community bootstrapped operation. And as you've grown membership, as you've grown revenue, a lot of that has been reinvested into making it kind of keeping up with the Joneses to a degree, wanting to have maybe not the top of the line fanciest version of everything but upgrading it where it's where it's necessary where it's beneficial where people are going to see um, that all the money is not just going to buy matt a new lamborghini oh exactly <laughs> yeah so uh, i would say probably about 2017 18 uh we kind of got with the our members and the community and we said we we named the list we were like okay what's something new that we need in the gym and and what would people want to have you know one of it was new flooring uh new treadmills uh commercial treadmills uh and then commercial ellipticals and recumbent bikes um so uh we kind of pretty much took out a loan uh and then kind of got all that equipment and then we um and then when covid hit you know we were closed for two months um we said you know let's do the gym right so um we knocked out walls, um, added, that's when we added the new equipment, new flooring, um, new uh, four-ton air conditioning unit in one of the rooms, and uh, and we just, just growing it. Awesome, man. So there's, there have been a couple of, of stages, a couple of points in the gym, um, you know, started off in the family, you and your wife took it over from from her family around 2018. Uh, for a while, you were, uh, your wife has has a business, you were working a full-time job. Um, and then fairly recently, uh, between the growth of the gym and then you invested in another business, you were able to leave that full-time, you know, non-fitness related job and really put yourself into your, your entrepreneurship full-time, correct? Yeah, exactly. So, um... About July of last year, um, I was a accountant for about five years for a corporation, and uh, um, I just we just hated sitting behind the desk. <laughs> um, and I got with my wife, and I said, 
you know, I want to build the gym to what I know it can be. Uh, and then we knew um, with her business that uh, I we're both entrepreneur backgrounds and we started our other business and um, you know, we're just, we're just happy and, you know, building it up. Awesome, man. Awesome. So let's talk about some of the things that you've, um, that you've brought into the gym. Um, at some point you've had hit classes, you've had trainers, uh, right now, one of the things that I think is interesting is you have in one of your rooms, uh, you have a karate instructor who comes in um, and, and that's a place where you're able to add that into the community, put a service there for your members, uh, provide a place for them and also generate revenue. So how did that idea come about? Uh, what did it look like trying to figure out how to manage it with rent or split revenue, things like that? Because um, that's, that's kind of unique in a gym to have that. Yeah, so um, we had this side room and uh, really people were just using it for agility type work. Um, and then uh, Mark Chandler, the karate guy, uh, he pretty much, uh, we were talking, he's always been a member at the gym. He was a former Marine. Um, I didn't know he was like a third degree black belt. Uh, and then he said, hey man, um, I want to start karate classes. And I said, yeah, I, we would love for that. Um, so the last uh, two or three years, we've um, uh, put his presence out there and it's mostly kids karate. Now we do have some adults karate in there. Uh, so the way that works is uh, the karate classes are uh, additional to your gym membership. Um, so they come in, uh, they can pay uh, for each class or it, you can do it cheaper where you pay just a monthly fee um, for your kids coming in for karate. And then um, we get a little bit off that. And then he pretty much uh, gets revenue off of it too. So. All right. So in, in a situation like that, um, you know, for our listeners, I think there's a, a lot of different opportunities, whether it's the utilization of your space mm -hmm. um, in, in being, you know, something that, you know, if you're paying rent or you're paying a mortgage, the bills don't care whether you have, you know, somebody there 24 hours a day, eight hours a day, whatever it is. So you gotta, you gotta find creative ways to fill that. So also in that you're able to have an opportunity to bring something else, a service into your community that uh, one is going to, is going to just add value, but also get more eyeballs on your facility. Maybe people that didn't think they were going to work out, they bring their kids there because you said it's mostly kids doing the karate, right? So they bring their kids there. So maybe some of them are already members, but if some aren't, you know, they're going to have to come in. So like, hey, maybe they decide getting in the car and getting to the gym is the hardest thing. So they get a workout while they're there. Uh, and then you're also providing an opportunity for somebody. Now, I don't know if this gentleman who, who teaches for you has his own school elsewhere or what, but um, whether they do or not, maybe that helps somebody get their start off the ground, um, it doesn't have to be karate. It could be any program, right? Where if I'm a trainer and I want to, you know, I want to start a Zumba gym, but I don't have the revenue to go ahead and do it. Maybe I find a local gym to partner with and say, Hey, you know, can I do this? Can we split revenue and mitigate their risk too, while, while adding revenue to somebody else. So those are kind of the big points that I think that fills in. Um, were those all things that you thought about? Is there anything else that you find is, has been a benefit of having it that way? Yeah, um, 
just having him at our gym, it really does help uh, get the word out there. Uh, you know, parents love saying, you know, I, I would love to have time to go to the gym, but I have no one to watch my kid. And then, you know, kind of word of mouth saying, well, you know, they offer karate classes three times a week. Uh, and they're like, oh, really? So, you know, they bring their kid in, let them do the karate classes. The kids really enjoy it and the parents can get a workout in. Um, and it's really been growing. Um, I, I, I know we talked and I said, uh, we're, it's getting so big. Um, we're actually going to be um, having to rent us another room in the, in the facility, in the building, um, hopefully by the end of this month. Uh, it's a little bigger than what they're in right now. Um, and that will be great for, because uh, he's having to split the classes up because he's having so many kids come in. Uh, so with that bigger room, you know, like more room, uh, more opportunity. And then that's when it can lead into uh, offering, you know, hit classes again in that room when he's not doing karate and stuff. Yeah, there's a couple of couple of great things there. One, it's nice that you're in a building where there's room for you to expand and you don't have to go and try to move the whole gym because that, that can be a nightmare on a lot of levels. But also that additional space is going to cost you some amount of money. So you could say to yourself, hey, I'd like to add hit classes. I'd like to do more things. And if you go and, and sign up for that extra space, now it's how do I fill it? You know, where do I get that revenue? But giving you a little bit of an insurance policy, a little bit more, all right, well, I know I already get this much from karate. If he's got a bigger space, maybe it can be a little more. It's probably not going to be less. And then you get that extra space, not quite free, but cheaper than if you had to pay for it all out of pocket. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, ha having him with the karate, um, with that bigger space, it, it, you know, of course it, it will cost, uh, additional, uh, rent wise, but, um, having him in there and then uh being able to have that room to offer those classes and kind of pretty much make um our gym goers uh happy because uh, you know with so with so much limited space uh there's a women's group that loves to go in that side room use it for agility uh we have a tv up on the wall there um they they use an app uh, they do an um virtual uh training in there too so it's just nice that we'll be able to have that room and they, the women can still have that room and um, do their classes and stuff. Got it. Perfect. Perfect. So I want to talk about some of the other things um, from, from a strategic overview that, that you have implemented in the gym that sometimes may seem common. Uh, but I think there's always, there's always something to be gained from, from the inside of it. So you are a 24 hour gym um, and you know, that's something people look at pros and cons for you. Have you been 24 hours since you opened and, um, well, let's start there. Has it always been a 24 hour gym? Yeah, it has. Um, when we first started, uh, we were like, do we want to be 24 hour or do we want to be a timed, uh, certain hours? Uh, and then we were like, well, in our area, um, it'll be nice where people can just come and work out when they want to. Uh, so when we first started, it was just a key. So we had to give everybody a key that, and they came in, they, they used the, the key for the door and everything. And it kind of got, that got really hard because, you know, with no contracts, um, people were coming and going, you never knew. We were like, okay, can you turn the key in? <laughs> it was, it was getting really hard. 
So, mm -hmm. but um, after that, we uh, got a keypad system. So everybody uh, gets their own code to the keypad system that has been working out perfect. You know, take out, I can take out the code when they're, uh, when they cancel their membership and then I can reinstate their code when they want to rejoin. Perfect. Yeah. I'm thinking about the nightmares of people making copies of keys, giving, giving keys to their buddies. And, and we want to believe, you know, 99% of people are honest, but yeah. it's just one of those things where it's, it's not fair to your members. If somebody's going to do that, not that the, not that the, you know, the $30 by one person having a key is, is going to make or break you, but it's still, you know, mm -hmm. for the integrity of like saying, Hey, you know, this is, we're all getting the same thing. We're all chipping in here and then, you know, get a couple of freeloaders it just doesn't feel good. So, so the other thing you touched on there is, is your no contract gym. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, half of our listeners will, you know, have the hair in the back of their neck up and the other half are like, yeah, that's cool. Me too. So how does that, how does that work out for you in your head being contract versus a no contract gym kind of pros and cons there? Well, when we started the gym, you know, um, we, we, did, we knew right off, we didn't want to be contracts, um, because we know everybody, you know, life happens in, in a way, you know, if, um, if you know, you're going to be working out of town, traveling with family, uh, we just pretty much tell, tell, we just ask, Hey, contact us, let us know, you know, we're, we're fair with y'all. Y'all be fair with us. Um, we'll cancel your membership. And then when you're, when you're ready, you just come back, you know, it, we, we kind of love it that way. And, and, and you believe it or not, you get long-term lasting, um, members, uh, just honestly doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I've seen it work both ways. I think a lot of it has to do with what type of culture you're trying to build, what type of community you have. Um, you know, there are, there are different things that factor in, you know, if you're in a big city and you have a, you know, a, a Globo mega gym, that's 50,000 square feet and you have investors, mm -hmm. you know, having contracts and knowing that you're going to be able to pay your $50,000 a month rent is probably a little different than where you legitimately are in an area where, you know, you probably know almost everybody who comes into the gym. And if you don't, you get to know them pretty quickly and they probably know most of the other people. So there's a lot more that keeps them in there than a piece of paper that, you know, really, really probably isn't worth much. And, and to the degree of in such a small community, if you decide that, you know, if somebody wants to quit and you're like, Hey, you have a contract, mm -hmm. they're not going to be the type of person you want in the gym anyway, right? They're going to be begrudging about showing up or they're, you know, if they really can't come for some reason, even if it's only 30, 40, $50 a month, if you're causing that person a hardship, then they're probably never going to come back once that, once that contract is up and probably going to tell some people about it. So I think it's really, it shows its merit a lot more in a small town, small gym community for sure. Yeah, exactly. In small town, you know, um, you know, we're, we're pretty much like family. Uh, you know, we're, um, you know, everyone's here to help everyone and, uh, just having that just, it, it does mean a lot to, uh, to them, you know, so we're, we, uh, we love it. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, one of the things we talked about off the air was, you know, for, for where you are with your membership base, where it is, you've grown basically organically to where you are over the years mostly word of mouth, referrals, things like that. 
I know that once you expand into this bigger space, you're going to, um, you know, start getting back into having classes, whether that be hit classes or other things that go in where you can utilize that space. Do you feel like at that point, um, you're still going to be able to fill those up by, by word of mouth? Um, is advertising something you think you may need once you add that extra space in? How does that look for you? Yeah, I think we're going to um, kind of keep it word of mouth. Um, now, uh, we do do some Facebook uh, advertisements, mm -hmm. uh, you know, boost a post, um, uh, $10 budget for, you know, 10 days, five days. Uh, that's if we're trying to get um, uh, like a challenge out, uh, like we're doing right now. We're doing a summer challenge. Um, we did boost that post for about uh, $10. Um, and that's just to get it out to people around the area that's not members, uh, kind of get them a, a reason to come into the gym, come uh, give them a reason to uh, pretty much get fit for the summer. For sure. Are you guys active on Instagram at all? We are. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, I, I haven't been posting much lately, but yeah, we're uh, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. I think so from what we see a lot, especially when it's, it's group fitness things like, uh, you know, if you get those hit classes, challenge classes, things like that, um, coming back on, you know, I've seen people get some, some amazing return, um, on minimal or no investment, more time than money with, um, you know, putting up videos, you know, tagging people, making sure the locations there of people just really, you know, looking like they're working out, having a good time. And then, you know, I, I'm not sure whose line I'm stealing here. They talk about, you know, the fortune is in the follow-up because once you post those, you know, people always say they're like, yeah, I get a lot of, you know, a lot of people like my posts and things like that. And I'm like, well, if they like it or they comment it, do you, do you talk to them? Do you, you know, ask them what they like about it and stuff like that. And I think once you get those hit classes back going up and, and you can post those up, I think again, for some time investment, you start to get, get that momentum going and, who knows, you know, maybe the next time we talk to you down the line here on the show, you might have another, you might be busting down walls, taking out other, other parts of the, the gym. So um, I think that social media aspect, especially when you have group fitness, man, the, the sky is the limit for that. And people just, they love to see it and it makes them want to be a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. When we, when we had our hit classes in group fitness, um, I actually hired a, um, a photographer to come in and and if you've seen some of the videos that's how we've got some of the videos showing showing the classes showing how a good time they were having and everything and um, I really do want to get back at at that um, hopefully um, in the next few months yeah man I think that's going to be it's going to be a game changer that's going to be kind of next level for the for the gym there as it as it grows and evolves and you know, I think the timing sounds like it's just perfect because I, I know that you you have another business venture that you're invested in now, but getting that time back from, you know, getting away from that accounting job, it's going to give you all this, you know, I'm not going to say all this free time, but different time where you, you can start thinking about, you know, sit there, you know, daydream a little bit, oh man, I'd really like to do this and start putting together a wish list of, of what you might want to see over the next couple of years, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I always say, you know, with with having a uh, your own business, small business, um, the sky's the limit. It's whatever you want to put into it is what you're, you know, what you're going to get 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 from it. So, 
Absolutely. So I know we're gonna you're gonna open up that other room. We're gonna add, add in some hit. Uh, you know, it, if you if you get everything on your list at some point down the line, are there any other big things um, that you do have in mind that you'd like to add in for the membership and for the community? Uh, yes. Um, uh, pretty much small things. Uh, I'd like to. I mean, this is just cosmetic, pretty much. Uh, more TVs in the gym. Uh, you know, that way people can, uh, you know, wa watch sports while they're while they're working out. Um, some TVs in the cardio room, uh, so the ladies can watch some TV. Um, and then, you know, my my future big future goal is uh, maybe knock some more walls out and, and get a get a little bit more space so we can, you know, kind of rearrange the equipment and uh, kind of. Um, organize it from our CrossFit area, free weight area to our cable machine equipment. And then, um, and then still have uh, a big area for, you know, big group classes. Yeah. Awesome. And I love where it sounds like everything for you sounds like it starts with how can I make this better for the members? How can I give them more? Mm -hmm. And then letting the business grow to accommodate that versus, what things can I push on people or, you know, where, where's the money at? It's more of just like, how much value can I add? How much more enjoyable can I make this place for somebody to want to be and look forward to coming to? And then I'll take the growth that comes off of that. Yeah, exactly. We, um, uh, we, we, we tell everybody, we, we started this gym for the community um, and any, pretty much any profits the last eight years, we put back into the gym. Um, and, uh, we, we barely take any, uh, uh, profit from the, from the gym, uh, just because we just, we just want to see this grow and, uh, we just love our community. That's, I'm sure that shows in everything that you're doing and what, what they see around the gym. And, you know, it's one thing to walk, you know, talk the talk, but it sounds like you're walking the walk too. So, um, for you personally, um, as you've grown as an entrepreneur, you know, expanded into a second business that you've invested into, getting away from employee into this full-time shift of, of entrepreneurship, um, has there been anything along your path, uh, any aha moments, anything eye-opening, like things you wish you could have told yourself that, that you wish you would have known sooner or, or big things that you were just like, yeah, this is it. This is, this is the thing where I, I know I'm in the right place. I'm doing, doing what I'm going to do, uh, forever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So about, you know, five years ago, we had this plan to get to where we are today. Um, I, I knew the, the desk job, the counting job wasn't going to be forever. Um, you know, uh, we just, it pretty much paid the bills. Um, and I said, you know, I got to get our gym membership members up to a certain point. Um, how can I do that? And then, then we wrote out a plan, um, said, okay, well, we got to expand, you know, because um, with almost limited space, you only can have so many people in the gym. Uh, and then secondly, um, my wife and I was like, well, we need another or another business. Um, and then um, about, you know, July or March of last year, we had the great opportunity to buy that business uh, from a gentleman who was retiring. Uh, he had the business for 30 years um, and it just, it was, it was a, a blessing, blessing from God. Um, and we just, uh, we, we took a gamble, 
took a loan, bought the business, and we've just been pretty much busy running and enjoying every minute of it. Fantastic, man. That is a great story. I love to hear it. Um, I hope people that listen hop on your uh, your social media too, because you have some some really cool videos of where you've come. Exactly. Um, you know, the gym was was it was kind of it was very grassroots bootstrapped. You guys didn't, you know, go take out a million dollar loan to go build, you know, the, the prettiest thing you went functional and you went, you know, it, it was a gym that was utilitarian. And as you've had the opportunity, you've just, you've added things, right. As you can see, you've just kind of made, made that member experience that, that customer experience better all along the way. And, and I'm sure they all feel it. So I think that's a great way to do it. And, especially, you know, like we drive the, the point home, you know, we get people in all different areas on the show, you know, this may, you know, if you're in New York city or you're in Miami or in LA, you need the glitz and the glamor. But if you're in a small town where people know you and you're just trying to do something for the community, I think that shows through, uh, people will be patient, people will be loyal. And then here you guys are, you know, uh, eight years later, somewhere around there. And, um, going into it, you know, doesn't sound like any, any, no sign of uh, slowing down. No, no slowing down. Um, hopefully we can keep uh, progressing and uh, uh, keep growing. Awesome, man. Well, that about wraps up the time that we have here today, Matt. Last thing I'm going to ask you before we let you go, if any of our listeners want to find you, um, what's the best way? Is it Facebook? Is it website? Where, where do you want people to look for 620? Yeah, the best place would probably be uh, Facebook. Uh, you can go to 620 Fitness um, and then find our page. And then we're also on Instagram, uh, at 620 Fitness. Awesome. Yeah, I, easy to search, easy. It's the numbers, 620 Fitness. Check out Matt. Look, look at where he's come from. Pay attention to where he's going. Matt, I thank you so much for being on here with us. It's been a pleasure. I wish you continued success, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dominic. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.